The Denver Broncos wide receiver room suffered a massive blow in Monday's first padded practice, losing yet another impact wide receiver for potentially the entire season. How does it impact the wide receiver position? How does it impact the team in the offense? We're going to dive deep into that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bad news hits the Denver Broncos on day one of padded practices at the Centura Health Training Center, losing a key wide receiver for a significant amount of time. Welcome into a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Thank you so much, everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage, analysis, and more boots on the ground in Dove Valley. Every single day you get that here. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co host and my good friend, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Sarah, there was a ton of excitement going into Monday's practice for the Broncos because it was the first day that pads came on. And unfortunately, that excitement was very, very short-lived as Tim Patrick went down in seven-on-seven with what appears to be a left Achilles injury, according to Broncos head coach Sean Payton. They're going through the MRI process right now, should have confirmation in the next 24 hours at this point. But the fear is that the Broncos have now lost Tim Patrick for another season-ending injury in back-to-back years. And Sarah, I just want to open up by saying this is this is a gutting type of thing to happen here, not just for the Broncos, but you look at that wide receiver room. I'm gutted for Tim Patrick, who's been working his tail off through the darkness of rehab and going through all the, you know, the trying to get back to who he was. And unfortunately, just a one wrong move in terms of a plant cut, leg gives out underneath him and it just sucks, man. It's just not a good feeling and ideally not the way we wanted to recap the first day of Broncos camp in pads. No, certainly not. Everybody wants to be able to be excited about what's going on at practice. And of course, Tim Patrick now done for the second straight season. We saw reports from everybody, including Adam Schefter, who kind of was the first to confirm that this was an Achilles tear. So really, Cody, I I mean, you just feel for Tim Patrick at this point, like all Broncos aside, like this, this guy has going back to Utah, broke his leg in half, basically at Utah, made his way to the NFL, where he carved out a great role for himself in Denver after working from, I mean, he was on the Baltimore Ravens, and then he was on the 49ers, and he clawed his way into the Broncos roster, found a way to become a second contract player in the NFL. I mean, what he's accomplished in the NFL can't be overstated in how miraculous it is. And for that to be spoiled just after he gets that new contract and he's coming into his own as a player, proving himself to be what I would consider quarterback proof. Now you miss the 2022 season, like you said, with the ACL. You're going to miss 2023 with the torn Achilles. It's just, I mean, you just, you feel so bad for Tim Patrick in this, and I'm sure he has great mental fortitude, but look, this is going to test even the strongest uh, of of folks out there who are, you know, in his position. I don't think people really understand it too, right? When when they see that a player goes down with an injury, they often think about, oh, how does this impact the team that I love to root for on Sundays? And that's a, that's a fan's first thought, which is fine. I'm not saying that's wrong, but far too often, I think we all forget. It's like, how does that impact Tim? Like, how is 
How is Tim processing it? Or more importantly, how does this impact his family? You know, his wife, his kids, like it, it, it just sucks when you put the human element to it, which look on this show, we are always going to humanize these players that we talk about, that we cover. And I know it's not the popular thing to do because the popular thing is to say, well, wow, I can't believe they signed this guy to a contract and and he's been hurt the last two years. That stuff, like, please, folks, please don't come at us with that kind of discourse. It, it doesn't matter. It, it It's nothing that I ever want to entertain. It's unfortunate what happened. And, and just my thoughts and well wishes are with Tim Patrick. But kind of getting to the point now, Broncos head coach, Sean Payton, here's what he had to say, Sarah. He kind of talked about and addressed it just from his perspective. He watched it happen as we all did at practice, sharing his thoughts on it. But not only that, just sharing his thoughts on Tim in general. Here's what he had to say. It's always difficult. Yeah, you guys see it. Um, especially a guy like that who's a leader who who's coming off you know, pretty much a, an entire year of rehabilitation. And so it's difficult for his teammates, for all of us. So um, maybe hopefully we get some good news, but it appears uh, it appears it's his left Achilles. Well, you could feel that it just, like you said, sucked the emotion out of the entire practice field, right? And of course, as, as you also said, the show has to go on. So it's now just an adjustment period for everybody. I think Tim Patrick was obviously going to be a factor in this year's offense as everyone kind of expected coming off the injury. And I think a lot of people really hoped that he could be maybe that missing piece. A lot of folks talking that he was kind of Russell Wilson's, one of his favorite targets last year at camp before the injury, right? And so coming back, maybe picking up where they left off, maybe taking some pressure off of other guys like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, that's no longer going to be part of the equation. It's going to require a lot of other guys to step up and see what they can do. Well, and I think that's where our conversation now has to transition to, right? It's hard to, when you look at when Tim Patrick had his last full season with the Broncos, led the team in touchdowns that year in 2021, and the year prior, you know, had, had I'd say arguably, we had the more, more touchdowns with back-to-back seasons there. He was productive. And not only that, he was one of your more reliable chain movers on third down. So the loss of him is a massive blow to what Sean Payton, to what Russell Wilson and this offense had designed. And it's a tough blow for new wide receiver coach Kerry Colbert. But now it's also the challenge for Kerry Colbert. It's also a challenge now for these other guys on the roster to step up. So when we look at body type or we look at maybe perceived role, we have to take a look at, okay, now who's going to step up in that role in Broncos country? Here are two names that we're going to throw out here. This is where you need to keep an eye on Brandon Johnson. Now, folks, if you remember listening to Lockdown Broncos during OTAs and minicamp, while they were speeding Tim along in his process, Brandon Johnson was getting a lot of reps in his position inside the offense. And I would expect the same thing there. But this is also where new addition Marquez Callaway also comes to the mix. I think if I'm looking at body types, I'm looking at perceived value. I'm thinking these are the two guys that Broncos fans right now need to keep an eye on as pertains to you can't necessarily come in and replace what Tim Patrick brings to the table, but you can supplement that production with guys who are very capable of producing. And now it's an opportunity for you as a coaching staff, not only to overcome some adversity with dealing with some personnel issues because of injuries, but now you're going to see what some of these guys are made of. And, and I think that's, that's the other side of football that, you know, we have to highlight here is that these guys have to come up and someone has to step up now with this injury happening. I like the names that you mentioned there too. Marcos Callaway, obviously being one, Brandon Johnson being another. I'll throw another into the mix. How about little Jordan Humphrey? We talked on a previous episode of the show about downfield blocking and how important that can be, especially as we were talking about getting into these padded practices. What are we looking for? 
wide receivers that can block will probably be able to play in Sean Payton's offense, right? Because you're going to have to block and you're going to have to block from a variety of spots. And I think Lil Jordan Humphrey, he's a guy that's proven that he can do that. Played for Sean Payton in 2021, played a little bit in New England last year. So going to get an opportunity to see what he can do as another big body player at the wide receiver position that can add value to the running game. Now, can any of these guys replace what Tim did as a receiver? The closest anyone has come is probably Marquez Callaway, right? Back in 2021 when he had his little mini breakout there for the Saints. So roughly six, 700 yards, six, seven touchdowns, something like that. So that he's the most proven as a receiver, as a blocker. I think there's an opportunity for some of these guys to step up because we know Tim Patrick was one of the best, if not the best at that on the Broncos roster. It wasn't a good day for the optics of the wide receiver position for the Broncos with Tim Patrick's injury, but the Broncos had to waive KJ Hamler in a procedural move. He could be back with the team. How does that impact the team as well as some of these wide receiver storylines continue to pile up? We're going to dive deeper into that. And you're going to get that on today's episode Locked On Broncos. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. And whether you're prepping for a draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the week. We're going to take a look at Dallas Cowboys running back Tony Pollard. If you're looking to park an elite running back in your fantasy football garage after the top half dozen options at the position have been taken off the lot, well, you can find a sleek ride in Tony Pollard, now the unquestioned featured back in the Dallas Cowboys offense after his breakout 2022 season. Without Ezekiel Elliott, Pollard's speed and acceleration will allow him to dominate key touches in a strong Rushing attack for the boys. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, tail lights, alternators, shock struts, you name it eBay Motors, they have it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, it was a bad day all around for the Denver Broncos wide receiver position, especially after losing Tim Patrick to a potentially season-ending injury. But also, the Broncos said goodbye, at least for now, to K.J. Hamler, a former second-round pick back in 2020 from the John Elway regime. He was waived, Cody, from the roster, and we'll see what that means going forward. And we're going to talk about the impact of that. We're going to talk about exactly why K.J. was waived. But before we continue on, we want to say thank you to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. For you everydayers out there, you know we're talking all things training camp, every roster move. Everything is going to be covered here on the show, and we 
Can't thank you enough for being part of that. If you subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, free and available all over, thank you for doing that. If you watch on YouTube and you join us there and you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, Locked On Broncos, mile high salute to every single one of you. We're so grateful for you and we love interacting with you every single day here on the show. So Cody, KJ Hamler, we kind of talked him up this offseason as he was making his way back from the pectoral injury and procedure to repair that. Now he started off camp on the non-football injury list or wondering, was it something to do with the pectoral? Was it something else? It turns out that it was something else and potentially something much more serious had they not caught it. Yeah, and I hope we can start off this uh, this segment here in the conversation on KJ Hamler. Just a disclaimer, folks, regardless of how you feel about KJ, the time he's missed in the football field, please keep it respectful, you know, in terms of talking about what KJ is going through or just because, you know, you had him on your fantasy team. That stuff doesn't matter in real life, but KJ Hamler in a procedural move has been waived by the Broncos after it was discovered that he has a heart condition right now that he has to undergo medical treatment for. Luckily, it is a non-surgical treatment. They will do medication and hopefully that works, right? Because usually if the medication doesn't work, they may have to go in and do something. So, I mean, thoughts and prayers are with KJ Hamler here. A, a talented, talented football player, awesome human being on and off the field. And it, it just kind of stinks. But, you know, Handler announced it on Instagram that he's been diagnosed with a mild heart condition. It's called pericarditis. And he's going through the medicinal treatment process right now. Once again, though, sir, I mean, you, you go back to it, right? We saw him at OTAs. We saw him at mandatory minicamp. And, and for us to start training camp day one, even when fans were not in attendance, we were wondering, you know, hey, where's KJ? Now it all makes sense as to why he hasn't even been out there is he's been dealing with something. Obviously, this came up and it's a personal matter. I mean, it's obviously a very serious issue, even though it's considered a mild heart condition. This is a serious issue that really kind of puts football on the back burner because life, I think at the end of the day, sir, for any of these guys that we cover, that we have a chance to talk to, to see play on Sundays, life at the end of the day will always be way more important than a football game. And unfortunately, like the, the irony of this business is that Hey, the business side of it, the show always goes on, right? And so now there is a chance that KJ Hamler will be back on the Broncos. It's procedural as it was designated there. There is a chance some other teams can come up and potentially maybe grab him, maybe utilize him in some way. And, and I hope if he doesn't get picked up back up in Denver, I hope he gets picked up by someone else. I hope he goes out there and balls. And I, and I hope fans have a lot of respect and appreciation for that. But the, the biggest thing here about this is now once again Sarah I think going back to knowing that the Tim Patrick injury just happened today now you have the KJ Handler stuff one of the other things I thought of is like uh, you know thank goodness Denver didn't make a trade this offseason of offsetting Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy because I mean, in your opinion how would the wide receiver outlook look right now if that was the case if either one of those guys were shipped anywhere I think it would be a very very awful feeling right now in Dove Valley from an optics perspective. So give me your thoughts on that. And then let's also talk about maybe who are some players that can maybe step up in that role where KJ was expected to have some contributions. Well, first of all, the Broncos really did avoid disaster by, you know, not trading either Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, as you mentioned, because those two guys now they're going to shoulder the majority of the load in terms of who's going to get the most targets in the passing game at wide receiver. Uh, and we know KJ Hamler, you were necessarily, you weren't necessarily expecting him to go out there and get 80 or a hundred targets or more, or, you know, with Tim Patrick as well, like, you have three guys out there that you feel are starter caliber guys with Patrick, Judy, and Sutton. It's not to say that the Broncos have nobody after these guys are you know out. So that's not what we're trying to say here. But 
man, they would be in a in rough shape had they, especially if they had traded Jerry Judy, who looks like he may be their only true future piece at this position. So to me, Cody, the KJ Hamler procedural move, the waiving him, subjecting him to waivers, that to me indicates there's a very real chance that he is done in Denver as much as they would say they'd like to bring him back. He's a talented guy, probably get a look from some other teams that say, hey, we believe in this guy's talent. So it could be goodbye for him. And the Broncos did bring in Michael Bandy, remember, a few days back, bring him in to compete at the position. He has some experience, but that's not really moving the needle for anybody, especially now with the Tim Patrick news. So to me, if you're replacing KJ Hamler, it starts with Marvin Mims, who was back at practice, right? The last couple of days. Look good. Look good. That's good to hear because we need him to step up, right? He's that speed guy. Now you previously could maybe plan on, Hey, we might have KJ and Marvin Mims out there as speed guys. Now Mims is taking on that role in full for the Sean Payton offense. So we'll get to see maybe the second round pick steps up in a big way. And I like Jalen Virgil too. You, you, I've talked about him this off season. I love his speed. He showed out last year in the preseason, obviously had that big touchdown against the Tennessee Titans in Nashville He's got a lot of ability. What is he going to do to put it all together this year? Can he prove some value on special teams again in the return game? Those are areas that he's going to need to step up to ultimately make the roster, but he certainly has the speed to come in there and maybe play in place of KJ. Well, and I'll throw this in there as well. I think you look at those types of guys, right? Speed. You mentioned Marvin Mims, Jalen Virgil, maybe even throw a Montreal Washington into the mix and conversation a little bit because of what they can do. And, and, and certainly we even talked about it this offseason that Montreal Washington has to be more than just a returner, right? He has to carve out a role for himself in the offense. This definitely from a personnel standpoint opens things up. And, I, and I'll tell you this, hey, Jalen Virgil had a pretty nice play in practice. I can't describe exactly what happened because I'm not allowed to report on that. But let's just say in terms of being used as a gadget type player, he had a pretty big gain on a particular play where he used his legs to outrun a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball. That's all. That's as, as much broad detail as I can go into. But this definitely opens things up because, sir, look, Denver's going to practice – all this week, they, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they'll be off Sunday. And then next week, Sarah, it's build up to preseason game on Friday of next week. So there is some things that they're going to have to do. There's a lot to be accomplished in these next five days going into next week. And I, I'm very curious now, now that the pads are on, who steps up even further? I think some of these guys made a pretty good first impression in pads on day one. How are they going to look? During Tuesday's practice with the pads, that's something we'll monitor and recap, obviously, on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, for all the everydayers out there who listen here at Lockdown Broncos. But, Sarah, we, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the other observations. We've talked about the big news of the day, the unfortunate news about Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. We've analyzed potential players who could step up into that role, who might have more expectations on them now, more than they did prior coming into today. But then we're also going to talk about what did we see during day one of pads and Broncos country. We're going to share that report and some observations on today's episode of the show. Real quick, you make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, and we're so grateful for you. Make sure you check out the Lockdown NFL podcast available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts with some of the big stories going on around the NFL. Tim Patrick's injury, KJ Hamler being waived, Zach Moss breaking his arm with the Indianapolis Colts during practice. How do these things impact teams? Well, check out Locked On NFL for all the instant reaction and more from the local experts on the biggest story. Check it out today. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Day one, the pads were popping, and despite some unfortunate bad news for the team in terms of the injury side of things, losing a key player, two key players overall on Monday, there were some good observations to take away from the Broncos' first padded practice at the Centura Health Training Center. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah, let's talk about, you know, we we did an episode yesterday here on the show where we talked about, okay, hey, players to watch, what are our expectations? We we talked about and we highlighted the running back position. Sarah, the one thing we wanted to see, right? Day one, at least a good first impression. We wanted to see how, how does Tyler Beatty, how does Jaleel McLaughlin look when the pads come on? And I might say what I saw, I was pretty impressed here. And just to give you a little bit of a notion here, Jaleel McLaughlin, I would say he and Beatty both had some highlight plays. I think maybe McLaughlin had one more than than Beatty did, but I don't think it was necessarily Beatty not making a play on the other one. It was more so McLaughlin was in a better position to make a play, right, in, in two attempts. There was one place there, right? We were wondering, how does he look when a linebacker and a safety are filling up? He got a handoff, and he stepped inside the hole. And you know how fast holes close in the NFL, well, it closed up. He got skinny, dipped his shoulder, got through the second line, and then he turned on the burners. His speed, boom, to the right side. Nobody near him. He has it. He has some of the it stuff. And Sean Payton talked about it. Said that Jalil was one of the first guys in the building at 5 o'clock in the morning at the, at the training center there. And you can tell that making it in the NFL, like it's super important to a guy like Jalil so far, pads come on day one. Good impression. Tyler Beatty also had a pretty dang impressive run in the passing game as well for the Broncos. Hey, maybe the Broncos are uh, starting to trend towards keeping four running backs. I guess we'll kind of see what kind of roster gymnastics need to be done if that has to happen. But it could be. It could be something. And I love that Sean Payton is making a comment about how Jaleel is showing up at 5 a.m. for, you know, work. And essentially what that indicates to me is that Sean Payton has taken that down as a note. And he's like, all right, I see you. I see you there at 5 a.m. And I like that. And that's going to play well for your chances going forward. So this is maybe the most exciting position group for the preseason because these guys already seem to be neck and neck in a, in a competition and I love the speed that they bring to the table. That is going to be very exciting. Hopefully the offensive line, this is the key every preseason. Hopefully the offensive line is able to get these guys the best looks possible. We know poor offensive line play in the preseason just completely wrecks evaluation for other guys. So hopefully the offensive line plays at a high enough level that we're able to get a good enough look to see and maybe just maybe we'll see some of these guys rotate in with the starters if Sean Payton is really considering a game day role for them early on this year. Well, let's talk about some other observations here from day five of Broncos practice. There was a play during the team period, you know, for, I would say after Tim Patrick's injury, you know, we talked about the energy, just like the wind in the sails of everybody, the fans that were in attendance on the berm, the energy was just kind of like, Oh my, like, I think they were processing. It's like, Oh man, we just lost him. Like, Hopefully it's not serious. What does it mean? Like these guys are all thinking about that while also having to do their jobs. Sean Payton did a really good job of stopping practice for a minute, just talking to these guys and saying, hey, you know, we have to keep going. But here's the thing. Here's how you acknowledge it. Stay within control of yourself. That's always important here. There was a play in the team period here where Jonathan Cooper would have sacked Russell Wilson in a real game situation, right? But because you never want to hit your quarterback, you never want to touch your quarterback in a situation. Cooper would have had the sack, but then Russ, you know, still threw. 
try to dial it up to Jerry Judy across the field, and it was intercepted by Justin Simmons. So I think people seeing that are like, oh, you know, Russ threw an interception. Well, obviously that was the result of a play. Well, after the play was done, in my opinion, I think you are going to see some people nitpick that. Look, let's be very honest here. In the first day of padded practice, the defense had their way a little bit, which is to be expected right now. I, I think that there is cause for concern in the eyes of fans that hear they're like, oh my gosh, the defense, once again, they're beating up on the offense. It is normal. If you look at reports coming out of various training camps around the NFL, defenses are having a lot of success early on in practice. It's because offense is a little bit more complex and you have to build timing. You have to build chemistry. Even if you've played together, everything is about trying to get back to that game pace that you're eventually going to get to. So obviously defense kind of won the day on Monday in the Valley. Can the offense bounce back in day two? That's a great question that we're going to have here going forward. Day six overall of Broncos camp. There's also another guy, and look, on Tuesday, Sarah, I'm going to get a chance to speak with him one-on-one. If there's anything the Broncos country wants to know about him, let me know. But Jaquan McMillan, once again, coming up big, having a really good offseason. Patrick Sertan raved about him in his post-practice press conference, talked about just what he sees from him and how he wasn't surprised when he stepped in last year against the Chargers and played the way that he did. Today in practice, you know, upon observation, he had a couple of pass breakups, and he closes on the football, makes good breaks on the ball really well, which is building trust. And I think we have to mention this, no Riley Moss at practice on Monday for the Broncos as well. Sean Payton said that he and Frank Clark, it was more of a coach's decision, which he'll let us know later what that means. So we don't know what to read into that. We're not going to speculate. But Jaquan McMillan continued to have an impressive offseason here, Sarah. You certainly don't want to hear that about Frank Clark and Riley Moss, do you? But I, I think Jaquan McMillan, Cody, he's one of those wild card pieces on the roster. Like a lot of fans going into the offseason, probably look at the Broncos depth chart, look over the roster, and you would say, hey, maybe the Broncos go get a cornerback to upgrade over these guys that they already have. And then he comes out and he starts stepping up in the offseason program and he starts building on that finish that he had last season late, especially like you said, against the Chargers. He's one of those players. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's got tremendous ball skills. He's somebody that I think over the course of preseason, the rest of training camp, especially now with the pads on, he can really find a niche in this defense and carve out a role. We'll see what that would end up being. Maybe just depth early on, but as the season goes along, maybe he's somebody that gives you confidence. If anything were to happen injury-wise at the position, he gives you another guy that you're pouring into, you're developing. He's somebody you believe in as a long, longer-term piece. Not saying that he's necessarily cornerback two or cornerback one or anything like that, or maybe even not a long-term starting nickel, but maybe. And I think if you treat him that way, if you treat him as he's a potential future starter, he's going to give you a lot. And I think he's going to give you some great ball production as well. So really positive development to hear that he's doing a great job. Well, during the Broncos seven on seven period, just a few plays after the Tim Patrick injury, Jarrett Stidham came in, he was at quarterback he was working with his unit and he threw a touchdown pass deep downfield to Brandon Johnson. So it's, you know, we talked about him earlier. You, you, you want to see Brandon Johnson make those plays, right? Because he did that in preseason last year. And then he suffered the unfortunate ankle injury that kind of impacted things for him. But now he's in a good position there. It was nice to see Stidham step up and deliver a throw. I, one thing I've noticed about Stidham, he did throw one interception last week. It was either Friday or Saturday where Fayon Hicks just made a great break on the football there and undercut the wide receiver's route. 
I think overall, Stidham's ball placement has been pretty damn good for the most part, right? So can you keep that up in practices where you're going to get more pressure now that there's contact? But more importantly, you're going to get a lot of run in the preseason. How do you look in that regard? I'm excited to find out a little bit more about Jared Stidham as well. But it was great to see Brandon Johnson haul in that touchdown. But, uh, you know, Broncos country, the one thing that, you know, we can always analyze here, there's always going to be something that goes on. And our hope is that the Broncos and every other team around the NFL can remain healthy throughout training camp. Unfortunate news surrounding Tim Patrick. KJ Hamler, but what does this now mean for the Broncos? What will the Broncos do in terms of looking to maintain maybe some of the momentum that they've had despite suffering some setbacks with losing a couple of key players? This is where the challenge of the coaching staff and just the the camaraderie in the locker room is really important. You're going to see a little bit more. If you're going to be out there at Broncos camp, don't forget to come find me. Say hi if you see me. I would love to interact with you. But we'll have you covered. That'll wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Broncos here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Our show will continue on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos for all you everydayers out there. So we recap day two of fully padded practice. There will be some more live sessions, live periods coming up as the Broncos acclimate to having the football pads on here once again. Make sure you tune in. Lockdown Broncos every single day, all year long. We appreciate you so much, Broncos country. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.